You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 33 of the God-Centered Mom podcast. Today, I get the pleasure of chatting with Katie Sherrod. Now, Katie is the wife to a camp director of a camp that we have attended last year and this year called Pine Cove in Tyler, Texas. And it has been such a blessing to our family to be able to, one, of course, get away, but Two, it's a place where our kids and my husband and I grow spiritually every summer. It's almost like our foundation point, our launching pad for the rest of the year. And last year I got to know Katie. I was amazed by her wisdom and her just her view on the family. And so I thought I would ask her to join me in my cabin when I was there last week and do a little interview. So Katie is sharing her family's story that includes um, adoption, fostering, and then just her views on motherhood, how she stays God-centered, and some other just encouraging and helpful tips. So let's get right to it. Hey, Katie. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thanks for well, we have been chatting and getting to know each other, and um, y'all, Katie is a fabulous woman, and I've sat under her teaching a couple times here at Pine Cove, but I want to ask her a few more questions to get to know her better, and so y'all can learn about Katie. So why don't you introduce everyone to your family? Okay. Um, I have a wonderful husband named Chris, and he has been, he, we've been here at Pine Cove for about seven years now. And it has been wonderful. It's a wonderful ministry to come alongside him in ministry. And then we have eight children presently. (laughs) We have um, our oldest is 20. And then we have uh, a 19-year-old and almost an 18-year-old son, our three sons. And then we have a a daughter who's um, 15 and a son who's 12. And then our baby daughter is 10. And then right now we have two little blessings, two little foster children that are 18 months and two months. Okay. And so I am first curious how you and Chris got to Pine Cove. Like, how how did you even get, how does one become a camp director? Hmm. It is totally, totally God, uh, of course, but just really the way it happened. Um, we were in a church previously. He was doing ministry for the last, for eight years in a church, and we had moved. Our, his position had moved from youth to college to family pastor because our heart kept getting more and more uh, just towards the family, just mm. for the family to fight 
to stay together, to be together, to minister together, um, for family unity in a world where families are totally being torn apart. And that became our heart more and more. And we were trying to push towards that in our church, but our church was not as interested in in the type of ministry towards the fathers and encouraging the mothers mm-hmm. as we were. And so we knew that because of our the desires of our heart and because of just being obedient to what God had been showing us about how we wanted to minister to the family, we decided we needed to go somewhere else, and we knew we needed to leave. And so we left that job, actually, before having another job, which I love. In faith, right? Well, faith, but I love the way God is because I probably, yes, I know I did, talked about other people who did things like that, like that's crazy, that's not very wise, you know. That's very irresponsible. Right, all those things. Yeah. All those things. And I know I said that, and then God, that was what we were supposed to do, to be obedient. And again, boom, back in my face, like, Katie, now this is what you guys are supposed to do. And so we did do that because we couldn't continue in that in our whole heart. Chris's whole heart wouldn't have been, it would not have been fair to the church. And um, so we did leave, and um, we were without a job for a while, and it was like how long's a while? Like mm, a year? Or like not a quite a year. Okay. Probably it was six months. And so having and with six, kids, six you, children okay. at the time. Wow. House payment, car payment, you know. Wow. But it was one of the sweetest times, really, in our life, in our married life, in our family's life, because I knew I had to trust God, and it led us to. That's all you can do, mm-hmm. <laughs> because your security isn't in anything else. Yeah. Um, and we say that, but you can really feel it when you don't have a job. And yeah. um, it was wonderful. And we knew it, or, or we prayed a lot as a family. The kids were in on it, and they, I knew they were watching us and seeing if we were going to freak out or or <laughs> pray, you yeah. know, and yeah. say, okay, God, you know, what is God? We we trust God's got something for us. We don't know exactly what it is, but it's something because He's put this in our heart and. Mm-hmm. Then we, for a time, we started just re- utilizing what our gifts were, and Chris is a speaker, and so we started just reaching out, like, how can you make money? He's a certified teacher, so he was going to substitute teach, whatever it took yeah. Um, yeah. to make money. Yeah, because, Starbucks. Yeah, anything, anything, <laughs> no. because you know, needed to work and provide and then see how God was just going to play that out, whether it would be another full-time ministry job or in a different job and still pursue what God had put on our hearts, whether it be full time or not, whether, you know, um, so crazy trying to make a long story shorter, but, um, we had one of our girls was a college student who was in our group and she had come out to Pine Cove. Okay. And she was actually the executive director, um, his name was Opie at the time, okay. um, before the present director, and was her um, his nanny. Okay. And she said she knew us well. She goes, you guys would love it out there. It's so perfect for y'all. It would be wonderful. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you hear <laughs> things like that a lot. You know, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Way okay. out in Texas. Yeah. We're yeah. in Georgia. Oh, you were in Georgia. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. And, um, and so... But during that time, um, without having a job, we wrote down any contacts, anything that we could, we just brainstorming of all the names of people in different positions, different ministries that were similar to what our heart was. And when it came to be um, a time where 
some things fell through we thought we might have and then they fell through. Chris looked at that list once again, made a phone call to Kevin East, who was the, um, you know, the director at that time. And when he called him, he said, we were just talking about you today. No, really? <laughs> yes. It's crazy. And, um, but she had, the nanny had told them and had kind of given the name. And they were kind of at the same place we were, where they had tried somebody. They thought somebody, they had somebody for the job, but it fell through. Perfect timing. And um, Chris, at that one phone call, ended up talking to him like two and a half hours. And he got off the phone wow. and he was like, hey. You're not going to believe this. Wow. But everything I said, he was excited about. And oh. he believes just like we believe. And he believes in fathers leading their family. And, and oh. I was able to tell him my heart and about the family. And that's what they do there. It's this thing called family camp. <laughs> we didn't even know about it. Right. So. Well, I don't think a lot of people get what family camp no. is. Even no. when we signed up last year to come. Right. Like, I don't think I really grasped. Right. That it was feeding into us, that it wasn't just like send your kids and then you're kind of seeing them at night and right. seeing what they did. Like you're going to camp too. Right. Like you're getting training and encouragement and a boost for life. Exactly. Like this is like a foundation point for the rest of our year. And so it's huge. And then you spend time with the moms at one point during the week. And then uh, Chris spends time with the dads, encouraging them. And, um, I get so excited. I spend a lot of time in prayer, like beforehand, just like get our hearts ready, get us ready to hear what you have for us at this place where we're kind of away from everything. Right. And it's a perfect environment for that. And so, yeah, that's what we love about it. Okay. And you've been here and thriving and in the midst of that, you've taken on three new new children, one daughter, Mm-hmm. Who is you've adopted? Yes, and Callie came to us in Georgia. Oh, okay. Um, Before you guys, uh-huh. okay. Before all that, uh-huh. as a baby, uh huh. She actually did. She came straight home. At and was it a foster to adopt or straight adoption? Well, that's a whole another story in itself. Just how God had just given us a heart for the for children and the in foster care, and um, she came home to us as a foster child. She was delivered to my door on Christmas Eve. Wow. Uh, and at six o'clock, and not knowing that she was going to be my baby girl, but oh. just um, at that moment, she was a foster child. And we were doing care for infants. Um, there's a 10 day waiting period in the state of Georgia where the mom, once she decides if she is going to place her baby, she has 10 days to change her mind. Okay. And so they needed homes to put the newborn babies in before they went to the adoptive homes. Wow. Um, at, for a temporary placement. And they say 10 days, but sometimes it was, you know, give or take. And and so I was home with five children and just home. Um, I think my kids were, let's see, Callie's 10, George's 20. I guess they're eight and under. Five kids, eight and under. And, I, you know, I'm home and a newborn baby. Who can't love a newborn baby? <laughs> I don't know. Around the Christmas. Oh, when your emotions are, like, super high right. and it's all about well, Jesus as a baby, oh, yeah, right? It's yeah. so sweet. And yeah. um, anyhow, and so we had we had told um, the people we had a ministry for adoption through our church. And so we had um, become foster parents. And when Callie came... We didn't realize that um, the family that sh- that was lined up for her, because she was our third foster child, 
but the family that was lined up for her ended up backing out of oh. the uh, adoption. Okay. Because Callie was actually in the hospital for 10 days, and her her mom had said um, she had been raped, and she wasn't sure of who the father was, and she was a cocaine addict and had syphilis, and so Callie should have had congenital syphilis, which uh, passes through the placenta during the fifth month, and should have been addicted to co- cocaine because of her mother. Um, and then, and she was even born at home, but it wasn't a home birth. Okay. <laughs> Somebody had come over, and um, which we think is the father, after she was born in the tub, and that's what we heard, and then taken to the hospital. Oh my goodness. Afterward. And we weren't sure the, um, you know, the race of the child, really, of what she would be. We weren't sure of her diseases or her sicknesses. If you read about congenital syphilis, it should cause blindness, deafness, um, a lot of different difficulties. And then that addiction to cocaine. She didn't have any of that. No. Isn't it crazy? She didn't have wow. any of it. <laughs> but wow. the, the wonderful thing that God did during that time for our lives, really, is just all the uncertainties. And when we come, it taught us so much about how God takes us into the family. Here we are, messed up, sick, you know, um, destroyed with nothing, bankrupt, poor, needy, with nothing to offer God. And um, he takes us, no questions. He just loves us and takes us into the family. And he takes us in for the long haul, knowing what kind of mess you're in now, and, and he's going to rescue us, but not even, I mean, knowing, too, what's going to go on the rest of the time until he takes us to glory and takes us to heaven, that he is willing to contend with that, and he's committed to us, and um, whatever it is, he loves us, and he's with us, and he's got our back, and he's for us. And you and got it, a taste uh, of that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What a taste of that, but because that's scary as a human thinking okay I'm not sure what's wrong with this baby I'm really I don't know about her future um but when that family backed out and she was truly an orphan and didn't have a home to go to and that night when Chris came home she had been dropped off at the house that night before when he was not home when he came home I was sitting there with her and she was fussing a little and I was holding her and and then he came in and he got her, handed them to her, uh, to handed the baby to my husband Chris. And when he held Callie in his hands, he was just sitting there on the couch, um, with you know holding her with both his arms and looking right into her face. And she was kind of fussing, and he said, "It's okay, baby. It's okay, baby." And mm. he was like, "It's me." And mm. and um, even in that moment when he first did that, he was like, "It's me." And he's like. And he looks at me, because usually with all our kids, you know, it's daddy. And he, and he looks, and I said, it's daddy. <laughs> and he goes, it's daddy. And she was crying. He put her face um, put her face next to his face, and she stopped crying. And he started crying. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you crying? What are you crying about? He goes, I could be her daddy. I could take care of her. Aww. I could walk her. And he said he was even thinking, I could walk her down the aisle one day, Aww, you know. So sweet. So, but anyhow, that's how she came to us. And now, ten years later, I've uh, seen her walking around this she, camp. You can't she really imagine. Wasn't, she really wasn't addicted to cocaine. She wasn't um, 
my joke is that my firstborn was addicted to cocaine, and I know he wasn't because I didn't do drugs, but he acted like a cocaine <laughs> baby because he was so fussy. She wasn't really fussy. She wasn't addicted to cocaine. Um, she's amazing. And she's, she's an perfect. amazing she's, little girl now. Oh, I mean, oh, she's ready to like conquer the whole world. So she's, she's so sweet. No problems. I don't think she's ever been on an antibiotic. She is very strong and wow. very healthy. Wow. And just amazing. So totally. And I've seen her caring for your two foster kids that you have oh, yeah. now. Oh, she's yeah. Oh, yeah. She's definitely the helper. Mother, maternal. yes. Yeah. And the, the ones you have now mother. are related. And Yes, those are brothers. And they've been with, you know, the oldest has been with us for a year. And the baby's been with us actually since two days old. And we will have them in our home as long as God wants them in our home. And I remember, I'll never forget, I think it was on the trail ride breakfast, and I know you have a thousand trail ride breakfasts that Mm -hmm. you get to go on, (laughs) but for me, it was my only one last year, and you were there, and you just painted a picture for me that that stuck with me of this river of love that some of us are so terrified, how can we love more? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it happens with each kid you have. Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have enough love left for this next kid. Oh, how can I, oh, another boy for me. Oh, another boy. How am I going to love another boy? I already love three boys. Mm -hmm. And you said, it's not that we run out. And I I mean, you can probably say it better. I mean. No, that's perfect. Cause that's what I realized. Cause really I was, I think it was my third child. I was, had two little ones and I was pregnant with a third little boy and and just thinking, oh, my goodness, how can I love them? And just, you know, totally upset about how am I going to have enough love? And really just being reminded that if God, the God of the universe, the God who created, the God who has love for the whole world and every human being, um, and he, his love is in my life and his love is in my heart mm-hmm. and that Christ is living in me, I think I can handle two. <laughs> or three, or three, or four. I think my ratio is pretty small compared to what God does. And then it's not even common from Katie Sherrod. Mm. Not at all. Mm. And that's what I've learned with whether it's foster, whether it's my own children, because I, yeah. or even towards your husband. Yeah. You think, oh, I can. I'm pretty loving. I'm pretty yeah. kind, or I can muster up. No, I just realized we only love because He first loved us, and that just God continues to show me when I think. Oh, I've got this. I've got this because we'll run dry, and there'll be times where we just don't have it in us. And I am desperate and needy for the love of God to continue to fill me up and overflow. And, and it's like a—I think the picture I had was a river uh-huh, of love uh-huh. that that's you're standing we in it yeah. and inviting people. Here we are. We have this river of God's love that's never ending. It's never ending. And is and here's our family, you know, standing in the middle of that river. And whoever God wants to come in and hang out in that river with us, that can just come on in. And when they they might cross over and go, you know, somewhere and leave us on the other side. But at the end of the day, we're okay because we have hope, we have confidence, we have trust. We know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We we have continued love. Mm. And if those children have entered into that love and received it Mm. i just praise god for whatever amount of time they can receive it from us Mm. um it's something they'll be able to take with them forever and they're not it's not up to me to decide how long they stay or um Mm. if they're going to be with me always or be with me six months or a year it's just my job to love them while they're there and and god is the one who provides that love 
And so many times people go, oh, but how could you give them back? But even saying give them back, you know, mm -hmm. they really were never mine in the first place. My children I birthed, all my other children, none of them, they're just my gifts that I've been entrusted to to my care for whatever time God determines. And my um, children that any of my children could leave me at any moment. I am not in control of that. And you and I were talking about pride. Oh, yeah. And humility. But that takes mm -hmm. us to a place of humility of mm -hmm. that we're not the God of our yeah. children, right? Yes. But, and but we desperately want to be. And which <laughs> we want to control them, right? We, we want to be like in, our, the God who's in control. And I've got this. I've got it taken care of. And, and it is not a good thing. And it is great. It is not a good thing to desire that. I mean, and it is wonderful that I am not God, but yeah. God is God. Yeah. And it's crazy that I keep wanting to take over. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just think that when you have that imagery of, I think that the foster care and the adoption, it, it, it reminds you of your position even with the children that right. you've birthed that, so that it kind of removes those claws of ownership. Yes. And, yes. And, and then that river of love of just... I think it even affects like my hospitality, mm -hmm. not even with people we bring into our family, but people we bring into our home, mm -hmm. how we can be so afraid. I know we were in a season, a hard season of just having a newborn and um, you just are trying to hold it all in. Mm -hmm. You're trying to survive is the word we use a lot. And, and there is, a, there are those seasons, but coming out of that, right. being aware that you don't have to keep it all to yourself and keep it all to your family. Right. That if God has granted you his love that is pouring, you won't run out was right. such a huge revelation to me. And I hope that anyone listening can realize, you know, if you're, if you're plugging into God's love, it, it's not your strength that's mm -hmm. loving other people. It, right. It's his and, and to be okay with that. So I always thank you for sharing that with me. Last year, even though yeah. <laughs> even if you don't remember. No, I totally, I love that. That, cause that helped me to realize, um, where that love comes from. And you know, even when you think of even the greatest commandment is to love God with all mm -hmm. your heart. And if we're trying to focus on being even a God-centered mom or loving yeah. God, the second is to love others. Sure. You know, yeah. and others, others, mm -hmm. others. That means everybody other than me yeah. <laughs> is to share it and to love others so that they can see that love. So. You brought it up, God-centered mom. Mm -hmm. I had asked you um, before we talked with running, helping run a camp, being a wife mm -hmm. to a camp director, and also the other people you minister to in the community and having all the kids mm -hmm. and the foster kids, I know in order to know God's love, you have to be in his word and you have to spend time with him and be centered on him. So mm -hmm. realistically with your schedule and your life, what does that look like for you and how do you make that a priority? Right. I think um, I love that over the years, my time with God has always changed hmm. um, as far as I think early on in my years as when I first became a believer I felt so guilty if it wasn't early in the morning before the sun would rise yeah. or whatever the pictures painted you yeah. know like yeah. that I'm supposed to be doing this and you know even the analogies of warming up before the ball game right. and the band you know getting <laughs> instruments ready before yes. the band plays yeah. and hearing those on my life but um just realizing I'm to to learn how to take in God and take in Jesus anytime and all the time, you know, mm -hmm. anytime it's possible. Um, I read, I love, uh, you know, I ask God, I love his word, but there's times where I don't. 
you know, yeah. and we don't have desire to be in the Word, and that's what I even love about my God, my Savior, that we have, we're so needy, we have to ask God to help us, to give us a desire to desire His Word. Mm, you know, yeah, Lord, yeah. give me a desire to desire Your Word, mm. because we know that's where our truth comes from, that's where our wisdom comes from, but so many times we're lazy and we're distracted, and Satan totally does not want us to spend time in His Word. So, just fighting for time in the Word is what I do. Mm. I don't know, um, in each day, it's not the same schedule. When I had young young children when I have babies and you're up all night and you're so tired in the morning and you're trying to catch that extra snooze in the bed with them early yeah, in the morning yeah. you need that you yeah, need that rest to function you need yeah. that rest yeah um I remember when they were little bitty and I was just saying okay okay everyone play you know everyone go play right up there to be a good mommy mommy needs to talk to Jesus and <laughs> I need time with Jesus so I can be a nice mommy you know and just Okay, give me just five minutes and yeah. just just trying to 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 pray and to grab time with God's word, to listen to things, to listen to his word, to be attentive to that. Um, just even pray, learning how what it means to pray throughout the day, learning what it means to be um full of the spirit and, and conscious of walking in the spirit that I might be full of God's love, that I might overflow. So I know in those early years it was I wasn't it wasn't involved. My brain and my mind and my mindset wasn't full of a focus on the Lord mm. because the activities and the tasks and all the needs of the day kind of overtook my mindset. Yeah. And I wasn't able to apply it in the moment. Um, even God teaching me through spills, through just knowing that, you know, you change a dirty diaper, and you surely, they're not going to have another one <laughs> right when you go to the store. Just expect it. You know, yeah. yes, they probably will. Because you thought they weren't, they yeah. probably will, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I, it used to just make me mad, make yeah. me angry, yeah. make me upset. Like, Katie, grow up. You know, yeah. all these little things. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, this is my life now. Mm -hmm. And instead of just letting every single thing trip me up, I've learned more and more how to incorporate what it means to be a God-centered mom is that I am living for Jesus in every moment of the day. And when those little things happen and accidents happen and children disobey again and again and again, mm -hmm. and I'm saying, no, 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 don't touch. Please don't do this. <laughs> Oh, did you listen to mommy? Come here. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. You know, and just, and your mind is thinking nonstop. And the reason you're so tired is because you're thinking everything for all people in your little yeah. house with all the yeah. little ones and trying to help them be responsible. But you're the one who's filtering and you're the one who's feeding that responsibility in those children to yeah. help them learn. So learning what it means to have Christ as the center of my life and say, in and applying that is the best gift I can give my children because mm. I don't want them to say, oh, my, I had this freaking out mom who every time, you know, something went wrong, she just like went, she lost it. She went crazy. And but I just want them to see Jesus in me 24-7. Mm. And when they don't, of course they're not, they're not going to see it 24-7 because I'm going to fall short of that. Mm. I am going to um, 
fall into sin. I'm going to make wrong choices. Even when I'm tre- teaching them, make good choices. <laughs> Mommy's going to make bad choices. Um, just like they do. But just yeah. to confess that weakness to them and even to my little ones and say, I'm so sorry what Mommy just said. That was not a good choice and that is not what God would want. Will you please forgive me? Yeah. And I, I love what kids do to you in your walk with the Lord because I know... Um, you know, if I didn't have all that in my life, I'd think I was a pretty good person. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty patient. I'm kind. <laughs> I'm easygoing. Or I got this, you know. Yeah. And then you have those little ones, and things just get out of control, out of your control. And it's really always been that way. God has only been, He's the one who's they really They just been, remind you. Oh, they just remind totally you that you're... It. You totally see it. And yeah. God is so sweet and so good. To show us through motherhood, I just don't see, that is really, I know that that, other than that, I don't know that I would have ever seen. The humbling, I would have thought, yeah. No, I would have thought, I got this, I can do this, and and I love that, that God knows exactly what we need to remind us of our need for Him and um, how He is the one in control, and it's a good thing that yeah. He is. But well, and have you noticed, like, do you, have, do you have any tips on things you've learned from your first two to like the two that you have, the babies you have now. Oh, totally, totally. I'm <laughs> like, a what would you mom. if you I'm could a get? Mom. It's that, like the second time around. It really yeah. is. I'm like a grandma mom. That's what I say now because. So if that mom was sitting here, like, yeah. Katie from back then, what advice would you give her? Yeah, uh, some of those things about how to live it out on a day to day basis, and and grab God's word whenever you can, because back then I couldn't. I don't feel like I could sit down and. Um, I didn't sit down yeah. <laughs> much. Oh, yeah, sitting. Um, yeah. Just to sit, but but just trying to grab time in God's Word as much as you can. And that's why I think uh, periods of when you do have time, making the most of it. But I know a lot of times when I did have time, I just want to rest. I just want to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to sleep. Yeah. And I think God is gives you grace, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too many times we beat ourselves up. You don't need it. the guilt on top no, of that. No, you don't. No. But just learning how what it means to pursue the Lord in those moments. And I think it's in those everyday trials that where God is trying to teach me, Katie, come to me, and I will give you rest in the middle of this, and I will give you wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, when it seems like everyone has attitude in the family, and I'm like, Lord, give me wisdom, give me wisdom. And, you know, in God's Word, King Solomon uh, he said, you know, what do you want? You can have anything you want. Mm. And he said, Lord, just give me wisdom to mm. rule these people that you put under me. Mm. And I think as a mom, it's like, Lord, just give me wisdom to rule these little people you've put under me, you know? And that God does not withhold wisdom from those who ask. And it's like so many times we think he's like, guess what I want you to do? <laughs> guess what God wants? It's like a little like, game he's, he's playing. He's not. He doesn't play games with us. He's so ready and willing to just pour out wisdom on us. So many times we think we got it. We're not even asking him for that wisdom for everything. Like yeah. It's not silly to him. He sees it and he knows and he's just wanting us to ask. And too many, so many times he's, I just, I remember situations where I'm like, Lord, I totally do not know what to do with this strong-willed child. Yeah. I promise, I have tried, I feel like I've tried everything. He's Every not book. listening to me. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he's not listening to me. I do not know what to do. And, you know, so many times you just want somebody, just, can you just tell me one, two, three, what to do? Yeah. And I will do it and it will be done. Yeah. And see, even God is good in that because there is nothing like that. There's no recipe 
and each child is different, even though they're the same family. So that's where God keeps me on my knees, crying out to Him, desperate, saying, Lord, give me wisdom in this situation, for this child, for today, and in this moment. And that's huge right there, that yeah. whole little thing, if we could yeah. just pray that. All the time, yeah. For this child in this moment, yeah. and not think that there's a plan. And you know, more than anything, God's, even recently, He's told, He's reminded me of that Sometimes we think, oh, this is such a pain. This is such a hassle to have to train this child. Or I've done this day after day now. And um, so many times we might think, oh, I can't believe I have to do this. Or this is a hassle. But, you know, it is not that at all. And I think our mindset is big in this because God has reminded me, this is my purpose. This is not a hassle. This is not a pain. This is called life. And this is part of my purpose, mm. to train these children in godliness, to reflect God's love, to even to live life with them as a mom who's been set free. That this doesn't, you know, it's okay that that happened. It's okay that he disobeyed again. This is part of what I'm created to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. He disobeyed know, again. No, I get to but, yeah, practice patience. It is, but it's like... yeah. If the, the situation's going to continue, and things are going to continue, if it's not one thing, it's going to be something else. And the only person I can change is myself and let God change me and cooperate with what God wants to do in me through these little trials. If I think they're trials and in my life, you know, it's like, okay, what is God trying to teach me here? Seeing them less as annoyances oh, and more totally. as anointed, uh, right? Oh, it's just part of what yeah. we do here. Yeah. This is called life. It's not heaven. <laughs> Welcome to life. Welcome. And, yeah. and, oh, how I wanted children all my life. I yeah. couldn't wait. Yeah, and this is too. my yeah. dream come true. <laughs> and here it is. And, it, and you know, I always say the, the pictures are beautiful. The family pictures, everyone's perfect. <laughs> pretty and it's beautiful and looks so you know just picture perfect and but it's not the day-to-day living is hard um it's it's it wears on you it it wears you out and what am I going to do in that day on the day-to-day purposes that God has for me in my ministry in the home in my home because I don't have to pray about Lord okay what ministry do you have for me what is my calling in life Mm. Number one, I'm married. I am called to be a, a wonderful wife yeah. and lover of my husband. You know, lover of my husband, and that is going to be my first priority because that's going to be the first picture of the gospel that my children see. Yeah. And the way I love my husband and serve him, and the way I react and respond as in him in front of the kids, is huge. Yeah. And then I don't have to pray. Oh, what's my calling? What I have children. Right. Therefore, I am a mother. I have this calling in my life. I am yeah. a mother. I've been called to be a mother. And so whatever I do for the Lord, I need to do it with all my heart because I'm not working for men. I am working for the Lord. Yeah. And then when I do those things, according to the callings that I have in my life, it is my spiritual act of worship. Right. So when I'm training my children, when I'm sitting there, I know some new moms, have a, they feel like it takes all day to feed their baby. And it does it's like you feed them you change <laughs> does, them because yeah. you're doing two hours by the time you finish feeding 
you change their diaper and you try to lay down, and you're like, oh my goodness, it's time to feed yeah, them yeah. again. It is not a waste of time. It is, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And God created that nurturing, that time of nurture, that time to bond with that baby. Mm-hmm. And then we, we just need to stop and, and take stop, that time. Yeah, to enjoy and that. enjoy our children. Yeah. Enjoy the life that they have. And, and um, quit trying to make things pass pass by too quickly and look for something else. There's something a, bigger, something yeah, better. There's a yeah. quote where Elizabeth Elliot uh, or Jim, I'm not sure which one, but it said, let, it says, let not your longings slay the appetite of your living. Mm. And so much of our life, we're longing for something else. We're longing for them to be potty trained. We're longing mm. for them to go to school. We're longing for something else. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. We have today. Stop letting all your longings kill your your now, your today. Yeah. Because today is all we have and all we've been given. So what are you going to do with it? You know? So good. To live more like that from day to day. So good. Katie, we could, I think we could go on. We already talked, I think, for like an hour before yeah. we started recording. Okay. But we could go on forever, and I just am so thankful that you took time from your camp life and your children that need you and love mm-hmm. you, and y'all don't even know, but she had to have mouth surgery today, and so she's, you know, working off of an injured mouth. <laughs> but thank you again for being willing to share your heart and your story and to encourage us moms to to follow our calling and to live our life, so... Thank you. Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family, and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.